Connecticut, July 1988. I awakened with a sudden start, as though someone had touched my shoulder, and I half expected to see Andrew standing over me as I blinked in the dim room. But he wasn't there. How could he be? He was in Chicago on business, and I was here in Connecticut. Pulling the covers over me more securely, I slid farther down into the bed, hoping to fall asleep again. I soon realized there was no chance of that, since my mind had already started to race. Andrew and I had quarreled earlier in the week, and that silly little row over something so petty I could scarcely bear to think about it now still hovered between us. I should have swallowed my pride and called him last night, I admonished myself. I had thought about it, but I hadn't done so. He hadn't phoned me either, as was his custom normally when he was away, and I was worried things would get blown out of all proportion. Then our weekend together, which I had been so looking forward to, would be spoiled. I'll make it right when he gets here tomorrow, I resolved. I'll apologize, even though it really wasn't my fault. I hated to have rifts with anyone I loved. It's always been that way with me. Restlessly, I slipped out of bed and went to the window. Raising the shade, I peered out, wondering what kind of day it was going to be. A band of clear crystalline light was edging its way along the rim of the distant horizon. The sky above it was still ashy, cold and remote, tinged slightly with green at this early hour just before dawn broke. I shivered and reached for my cotton robe. It was cool in the bedroom, almost frosty, with the air conditioner set at 60 degrees, where I'd positioned it last night in an effort to counteract the intense July heat. I flicked it off as I left the bedroom and headed along the upstairs hallway toward the staircase. It was dim and shadowy downstairs, and smelled faintly of apples and cinnamon and beeswax and full-blown summer roses, smells which I loved and invariably associated with the country. I turned on several lamps as I moved through the silent, slumbering house and went into the kitchen. Once I'd put on the coffee, I swung around and made my way to the sunroom. Unlocking the French doors, I stepped outside, onto the wide paved terrace which surrounded the house, and saw that the sky had already undergone a vast change. I caught my breath, marveling as I always did at the extraordinary morning light, a light peculiar to these northern Connecticut climes. It was luminous, eerily beautiful, and it appeared to emanate from some secret source far, far below the horizon. There were no skies like this anywhere in the world, as far as I knew. Except, of course, for Yorkshire. I've come across some truly spectacular skies there, most especially on the moors. Light has always fascinated me, perhaps because I'm a painter by avocation and have a tendency to look at nature through an artist's eyes. I remember the first time I ever saw a painting by Turner, one of his masterpieces hanging in the Tate Gallery in London. I stood in front of it for a full hour, totally riveted, marveling at the incandescent light that gave the picture its breathtaking beauty. Capturing light on canvas so brilliantly and with such uncanny precision was part of Turner's great genius. I don't have that kind of gift, I'm afraid, 
I'm merely a talented amateur who paints for pleasure. Nonetheless, there are times when I wish I could recreate a Connecticut sky in one of my paintings. Get it right just once, and this morning was one of those times. But I knew deep down that I would never be capable of doing it. After lingering for a few minutes longer on the terrace outside the sunroom, I turned and walked around the house, heading for the back. Heavy dew clung to the grass, and I lifted my nightgown and robe as I walked across the lawns, not wishing to get them drenched. The light was changing yet again. By the time I reached the ridge overlooking the valley, the sky above me was suffused with a pale, silvery radiance, the bleak gray remnants of the night were finally obliterated. 